Hello, welcome to the Gentle Rebel podcast, where we're all about playing with ways to navigate life's harsher edges with a spirit of compassionate creativity. I'm Andy Mort, I'm a sound artist, a songwriter and a slow coach and I love helping highly sensitive people understand and engage with their natural internal rhythms and processes using creativity and play so they can make sustainable progress on meaningful pursuits without getting overwhelmed, shutting down or burning out. So this episode is going to be the first of three, a little mini series of three Uh, where I'm going to be looking at questions that we explored in our Haven theme cotter at the start of our month of change in September this year, 2023. We had a a really interesting session brainstorming around uh, three questions. Um, Firstly, what indicates to you when it's time for a change, Uh, which I'll be opening up in this episode to to start things off. Um, So, you know, what are some of the signs that something needs to change or signals that something has changed. Then we looked at the question of how to move um, from change as a as a possibility, as a theoretical thing that we've come to see is kind of knocking at the door or has entered the door and kind of how to embrace that and how to move that into and integrate it into change as a reality. Um, And so we're going to be looking at that next episode and we reflecting on some of the things that came out of that uh, the brainstorm around that question and then um, finally the question of motivation um, which I'll share in a couple of weeks you know how do we get motivated to change um, but probably more um, the, the the way that we'll think about it more in that episode is is how do we stay motivated once the immediate pressing need uh, or desire or that kind of instinctive motivation wears off. Um, So hopefully these are going to provide a nice, uh, I guess, grounding for thinking about change. Uh, But I also want to do that in a in an anchored way. You know, these are not just my thoughts. These (laughs) these are gathered from our collective conversation um, where we use the the Zoom chat function to to kind of just keep a flow of, of brainstorming ideas in response to these questions. So I hope you feel that kind of collective curiosity and that connection that was going on in our um, our session as well as I go through some of this stuff uh, and then it gives you a I don't know a, a, an openness an expansive filter through which to view the possibilities of um, kind of making of embracing of absorbing change um, whether it's happening to you or it's happened to you or it's a response to an urge within that's saying yeah do you know what I think I think it's time for something to uh, to shift. So, yeah, also Tula and I have turned um, the ideas from that brainstorm into kind of, uh, I guess the idea is bite-sized, quick reference digital cue cards, um, really, so that you can download them and, and keep them handy um, and, and use them uh, with a, there's like a flow diagram to bring you into land on the map of change. So each of these questions uh, has a virtual card with the responses on them. So um, yeah, wherever you're at in that process of, you know, is is something needing to change? Maybe, actually, yes, I know, but I know what it is. Okay, I, you know, go on to the next question. Uh, how do I integrate this change? How do I instigate this change? Uh, if you know that, then how am I going to stay motivated? Am I losing motivation? Okay, go to that card. Um, so you get the idea. You find a link in the show notes. Uh, or go to the 
dashhaven.co/autumn/change <laughs> um and you should be able to get hold of them there uh also if you're listening to this and thinking yeah do you know what I could really use a sounding board um to help me get clear on uh, what this voice of change is saying within me right now I know there's something kind of there it's it's moving I can feel it shifting um, and if you'd find it useful, you can book a pick the lock call with me, which is a chance to just fully focus on anything that you um, that you want to bring to a calm and connected 60 minute call with me. Yes, that's there. If you find it helpful after listening to this episode. OK, so let's start with, um, I guess, really going back to the foundational question as we begin this uh, mini series, which almost seems too obvious, but it was <laughs> quite a helpful thing. Uh, as we were going in our Haven conversation, it was like, should we just define change um, quickly? Um, so we shared thoughts on, you know, what change is. What would you say in response to that question? What is change? Change is an inevitable part of life. It's what occurs by virtue of the passage of time. Change is when something becomes different from what it was. It's a shift in form. A shift in understanding, a shift in circumstances, a shift in possibility. Change is non-linear, cyclical, seasonal, ongoing. Change is breaking a pattern, creating a pattern, shifting the trajectory from what would have happened to what might happen now. Change is expansion subtraction extraction loss gain new a response to pain it happens to you it happens through you it happens with you it happens without you it happens quickly it happens slowly. It happens beneath the surface. It's something we only notice when we look back at where we've been. It's something we anticipate. It's something we fear. It's something we look forward to. It's something we only notice when we record and document. It's an invitation to see through new eyes, from a different perspective. Did I miss anything? I think it's a pretty <laughs> comprehensive um, definition of change and all its many different forms. And so, you know, we're talking about is present, is here. It doesn't always occur to us that something has or needs to or could change in our life. Um, I think partly because of our um, great skills at adapting as human beings, we might drift in potentially undesirable directions and accept incremental shifts away from the path that we might otherwise choose. Or in the face of a change in circumstances, it might not occur to us that the habits, the behaviours, the, the choices that we um, you know, might have been appropriate for previous times are no longer serving us. 
So I've broken this question into two parts. What tells you something has changed and what indicates to you that it's time for something to change? Um, so yeah, when you take time to observe and to reflect, what are the signals that tell you something has changed? You know, changes happen internally, externally, culturally, and in our interpersonal relationships. So recognizing the signs can give us a better understanding of what our feelings, our thoughts, our actions are telling us about the needs beneath them. When we notice patterns that have emerged through our lives, you know, things that keep coming up again and again, we can more quickly understand what they are talking to us about, what they mean, what they are telling us in relation um, to change. Because so often we find ourselves in that limbo season, don't we, feeling maybe overwhelmed and confused and, and disconnected, not realising that it's because actually some, we've not noticed that something has changed or that something is kind of knocking at the door saying, yeah, could you, could you look at me and maybe change me? Um, so yeah, let's start there with what tells us something has changed. Um, so I'm going to share the Haven responses, as I say, and then uh, elaborate with my own thoughts. Um, so I'll kind of, uh, yeah, be using the brainstorm dancers as prompts on which I'll build. So what tells you something has changed? Firstly, uh, it doesn't have the same meaning as it used to. This can be true personally, when an object, a hobby, an activity, a place, kind of, you sort of look at it and you realise, oh, this doesn't mean the same to me that it once did. And this is a, a two-way thing, which suddenly occurred to me when I was reflecting on this, because, uh, yeah, we might automatically jump to assume that something loses its meaning. Like, oh, that, you know, when you, you think, oh, that, it just doesn't mean the same to me anymore. But actually something can also gain meaning. Something might mean a lot more to us now than it used to. Um, and something that kind of might indicate that something has changed. You know, we realise that it has more value to us than it once did. Maybe it's because the thing has changed. Uh, maybe our perspective has changed. Or maybe the circumstances around it has changed. Uh, for example, in literal terms, an object might be more valuable because, you know, society has deemed it so. But suddenly we've realized this thing that I've always taken for granted is actually really rare and it's popular or it's now seen as a symbol of coolness or prestige or something like that. Um, and also like, you know, changes maybe in relationships, uh, something, someone, someone suddenly means more to you than you realized or that than they used to. Um, so, yeah, things like that. It's quite interesting to reflect on the changes of meaning. Other things change meaning too. You know, words, ideas, slogans, these evolve and we know something has changed maybe culturally or, or beyond um, our kind of present or understanding of the thing. Um, we, like, we might interpret something differently to how others interpret it. We might interpret it based on uh, what it meant when we first learned about it. And now, actually, we're talking to someone who is learning about it today and realize, okay, this no longer means the same thing. Um, we might notice this kind of change in a conversation and they use a word or a phrase and you're thinking, what? That doesn't mean that. Uh, sometimes it does now. Uh, so what else tells you something has changed? It feels different. This difference in feeling can apply to many things, many situations, places, relationships, ideas, processes. Sometimes it is us who has changed. Sometimes the object has changed. 
Sometimes our way of collectively holding something has changed. Our beliefs, values and priorities. Maybe we used to get a buzz from doing this thing, but now we just don't really feel the same way about it. Or we feel anxious when we used to feel excited and vice versa. We feel safe when we used to feel uncertain. It feels weird when it used to feel normal. Or, you know, the opposite. What tells you something has changed? I've lost the connection. Maybe we're going through the motions. We're here, but not here. Doing it, but disengaged at the deeper soul level. What does losing the connection feel like to you? How do you know if it's a temporary thing or a longer term thing? I guess there are are different factors that might indicate the answer to that. Not least your answer to the question, do I want to re-establish this connection? If so, what would it take to do that? Am I willing to do that? Is it only down to me or would someone or something else need to be part of that as well? What tells you something has changed? I'm doing the same thing but getting different results. This is something I've encountered a few times doing um, small business coaching. People experience frustration and stuckness when something that used to yield results is no longer doing so. And it's not always easy to get that bigger picture and to see it's not because I'm not working hard enough. It's not because I'm no longer effective, but it's because something has changed elsewhere, often in conditions beyond the walls of the business. So recognising that maybe nothing has changed about me but the results or the outcomes are not the same as they used to be. Uh, I guess this is similar with other things like health and fitness. You know, I used to eat this all the time and never put on weight, but now I do. I've never had a problem, you know, running off six hours sleep. It's never been a problem for me, but now I'm really tired. Something has changed. It might not be the thing on the surface. It might be, it might require a bit of digging and exploring. Um, and again, this might be true in a desirable or positive way as well. Uh, I'm, I'm doing the same thing, but now the results are amazing. <laughs> I've, I've been doing this for years and it's never been this good. Like I ne- I've never ha- got the thing like I'm getting now. Like a business where conditions change that bring about a surge in demand as opposed to a drop. Or the way you've been diligently operating is suddenly recognized as profoundly valuable. Which takes me on to the, uh, the next two. It's kind of related. So what tells you something has changed? It's become easy. <laughs> I've grown. I've developed skills. Uh, when you realize you can do something that was impossible yesterday or last week or last year, you know something has changed because not only you can do the thing, but it's kind of easy. You can do it without thinking. Maybe it's got boring and there's a nudge towards going up a level or exploring something different. Likewise, something might have become hard. You know, I'm no longer able to do what I used to find easy. Something has changed in my body because the thing that used to be so easy for me is now hard. I can't thread a needle. It's harder to get up in the morning. It's harder to keep up with conversations. Uh, It's harder to find good quality flour in supermarkets. It's harder to find quiet places to hang out or um, to find things I enjoy doing. It's harder to listen to new music. Something has changed. What is it?
second question. What indicates to you that it's time for something to change? When you listen and observe your mind, your body, your creative spirit, how might they be inviting or asking you to change? Um, we came up with a few more answers to this question, but they're also more specific. Um, and I think I have less to add to them. Um, hopefully I say that now, I probably realize that actually I've got loads to add as, <laughs> as I crack on with them. Um, but yeah, what indicates to you that it's time for something to change? Uh, firstly, I'm procrastinating. So procrastination can take many forms. It's been talked about a lot, hasn't it? We've talked about it here before. Um, can have very different degrees of usefulness as well. How does it um, tell us that something is ready to change? Maybe we're putting off facing something that is going to require us to take responsibility. In my course, Face the Wall, uh, which is in the Haven, I talk about the difference between courage and bravery. Courage being the first step to face the wall, to accept that the wall is there, to acknowledge it. And bravery is what we need to take action as we start to overcome it. Um, so the wall being some kind of obstacle or challenge or goal. And so procrastination might be an indication that there is a wall that we're trying to avoid acknowledging at the moment. Secondly, uh, I experience a pressing feeling in my head, my body, my throat. So physical, somatic feelings might be present when our minds and bodies are saying something needs to change or they're inviting us to recognise that something could change. Not simply in the direct sense with a, you know, a dead arm telling you to change position in bed, but in the sense of feeling a desire or, or something kind of locked up somewhere in the body. Uh, for example, through, through that tension or tightness or that pressing feeling. Uh, the old saying of feeling like we've got the world on our shoulders. You know, it's not just a metaphor. There is truth in that sense. And, and you know when you kind of come to um, acknowledge or accept this thing that is weighing you down, that weight can can suddenly feel lifted when you come to acknowledge it or come to start um, kind of working towards um, shifting it and unpicking it. Um, I feel something stirring inside me. You know, this is a definitely something I resonate with. It's kind of an intangible thing. You can just sense something coming together or shifting or stirring. My soul is activating this might be an excited energy. It might be a nervous energy. It happens for me this time of year. Um, and I, I, I guess I'm sure I hold, probably hold the energy of the start of the school year in my, um, my body brain. I think it's probably the, the reason I made September the month of change in the Haven, because it's a sense of change that stirs within me, even if there's nothing actually obvious wanting to change or, or anything really changing. Um, this time of year, I kind of feel that energy inside me. So, yeah, I guess on that note, as we get on to at the end, it's recognizing where is this, um, where's this stirring coming from? Is it useful? Is it actually telling me something is going to change or is it um, a reflection of a kind of response to some other um, factor? Uh, maybe it's something in the environment, something in the time of year um, that is kind of activating that sense of change. But actually, no, I don't, there's nothing that needs to change. Um, and we'll we'll get onto sort of that pause and reflection um, at the end. Uh, other things, I keep noticing signs that resonate and reinforce my intuition. Do you ever get this? 
where you might not be thinking about changing something, but then maybe the sleeve of your attention is caught on a particular thing and it keeps getting caught on similar or related threads. Maybe a word that you've not heard before and suddenly you notice it everywhere once you've heard it or you're piecing together a story that reinforces a desire or illuminates a particular challenge that you're um, starting to realize you might need to kind of turn and face. Sometimes we do this as a way to gather the strength and reinforce a sense of connection with other people going through similar things. I remember when I was learning to drive, absolutely hated learning to drive. Um, felt like such a steep learning curve. I was like, I'm never going to be able to get the hang of this. It's like ridiculous. Um, but I kept hearing people on TV or like passing them in the street talking about um, the fact they passed their driving test. It's really, really weird. Um, so I was obviously, you know, some part of me that was that was really attuned to to hearing this message and using that almost as g- gathering supporting evidence to tell me, you know, everyone's done this. There's loads of people. You're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Um, and I think, you know, we communicate with ourselves like that all the time in, in weird ways, just noticing things that we're not consciously aware that we're noticing, but they're kind of threading a narrative. They're telling us um, either reinforcing um, a, a story of, of safety as that example was, which was great. Um, or they might be kind of reinforcing a, a sense of threat, a, a sense of survival. And, you know, you keep noticing this thing that is, um, is a, is a threat. Um, yeah, I think it probably works both ways. Um, I wake up in the night worrying. That's another thing that tells me something might need to change. Uh, this one, a lot of us in the group shared, uh, you know, what do you wake up thinking about? Is that telling you something directly or is it kind of an indication about something else that, that might need to be um, addressed or thought about or or shifted? Or does it just indicate a need for a more relaxing, calming bedtime routine so that you don't wake up in the night? I don't know. Like the, these are all these are all things that you know, don't apply all the time, don't apply to everyone and don't appear in the same way and for the same reasons to everyone. Okay, other things that tell us that something might need to change. I'm increasingly restless and bored with my current situation. So yeah, maybe that restlessness, that boredom. I say, oh, this is so boring. And we're thinking it way more than we used to. It's okay to say, do you know what? I'm, I'm kind of bored with this now. What's my boredom telling me? What sort of change might I consider in order to stimulate me in more compelling ways. Um, Other things we might feel, I feel annoyed, grumpy, passive aggressive and negative. Maybe we're getting um, quick tempered with people around us, feeling resentful about the things we're doing and the places we're we're going. You know, we might get cynical, we might use passive aggression in our communication with people. Um, So maybe that's telling us, yeah, there's something something kind of blocking you here, something needs to change, something is inviting you to look at it. Um, I'm lethargic, I'm struggling for motivation. Uh, So this might in some ways be a more passive version of procrastination. When we just have no get up and go, the world feels kind of heavy and it's difficult to drag our way towards anything. Um, And this again, can take some unpicking to clear through because it's like a, a dense fog at times where we, you know, 
where, where working out where we are in relation to potential change. Um, but when we're in that fog, it's it's usually a sign that something needs to shift, um, and that might be the fog itself to start with, as we sort of find um, a way to illuminate the thing that we might choose instead. I am impulsively jumping from one thing to another without being able to settle. Uh, So yeah, maybe we're seeking solutions for a sense of, I don't know, anxious dissatisfaction inside. The compulsion to change is strong, but the energy might be frantic and unanchored. We might pay attention to the state our nervous system is in when we are engaged in this way feeling excited and curious, enjoying exploring different things in a state of connection and aliveness? Or are we in more of a survival state, seeking, searching for solutions, disconnected to a feeling of connectedness and safety? Looking for a way to get out of this current situation. I write the same thing in my journal every day. So, I I mean, I love journaling as a form of self-communication, Um, at one level Uh, there have been times where I know I'm ready to change because I feel myself writing the same thing every morning and I'm like oh come on (laughs) I'm bored of this like a stuck record Um, but then there are other times where I might read previous entries and notice there's a theme here like I keep thinking about this particular question or seeing these different situations through this particular lens what might that be telling me what might need to to shift what might need to change there Um, I keep making the same mistake without learning from it. This is a really interesting one to consider. You know, it feels like we're making the same mistake over and over again uh, and nothing ever changing. We didn't really dig into this in our conversation, but I guess it can come from different things, can't it? Maybe it's not a mistake, but actually it's our body's way of saying, I don't want to do this. Or maybe we're not particularly invested in this thing keep making the same mistake because we're not interested in getting better or doing it differently and actually it's an invitation to change the form rather than the content Um, I guess it depends what we mean by mistake and what we mean by learning it might indicate a particular pattern that we move into when we go from um, one arena to another so the same mistake being you know things seem to happen in similar ways even when I do different things Uh, for example jobs always seem to end the same way. I seem to get sacked in the same way every single time. Or other people in workplaces always seem to respond to me in the same way. Relationships always have have the same flavour and they always go in the same sort of direction. Again, not easy to untangle, but perhaps it's an awareness that starts the ball rolling on an investigation into the patterns of protection that maybe our nervous system uses to keep us safe and to respond to feelings of of danger. I feel like I'm just going through the motions. So we might be functioning, but numb. Not connected with any sense of excitement or energy to the things that we're doing. We're alive enough to do what's required, but not with any passion or sense of meaning. We might confuse this with boredom, but I think it feels slightly different. You know, boredom is an active irritation with something this is more of a passive uh, drifting you know we've moved beyond boredom because boredom is a feeling and actually in this situation we've stopped really feeling anything um i feel disconnected from disinterested in and afraid of a future where things continue along this current path 
So this is an interesting one to reflect on, you know, how we feel when we think about the future as it's unfolding from the present. If things continue as they are, what does that future look like? Is it exciting and alluring? Or are we afraid of it? Maybe disinterested in it, disconnected from it? That's a sign that something might want to change in the present in order to repaint the picture of the future. Even if we don't know the exact details of that future that we want to reimagine, just having a sense of hope that it's going to be worth checking out is often enough you know this is where the impact of a lot of um you know a lot of the the apocalyptic language and narratives that we hear around the state of the world right now can can have a a quite sort of damaging impact on our nervous systems it becomes too overwhelming to hold in any kind of positive hopeful constructive sense so we might end up just sort of drifting into disconnect, unplugging, shutting down a bit. And we need to take this pattern seriously and figure out a way to connect with hope and calm in spite of uh, those forecasts. Um, Otherwise, we just kind of clatter around and burn ourselves out and then disconnect altogether. Um, So yes, that can tell us that something needs to change. And also, I'm treading water in limbo, waiting for something to happen. So this is another common one. You know, waiting for change is a sign that something needs to change. Uh, There's a difference between waiting patiently and waiting passively. Uh, However you might articulate it, you might use different language to describe this difference. But sometimes waiting is required. Um, And that's we're not talking about, you know, patience and waiting. A seed doesn't grow if we keep prodding it, keep digging it up to check that it's growing. You know, obviously quite the opposite. I use that metaphor a lot. Uh, But it also doesn't grow if it's not there <laughs> if it's not been planted um so maybe we're we're watching the soil and hoping that you know somebody else is going to come along and plant a seed um or we hope that there's going to be some magical gust of wind that brings the seed along and drops it in the right place in front of us um and yeah i don't know that i guess knowing the nature of of our waiting is pretty useful you know is it is it that kind of waiting patiently knowing trusting having the faith that the thing is growing um, or waiting passively just waiting for someone to come along and and change the situation um and then finally i sense a small calm voice within me telling me to do something uncomfortable or scary um so yeah i'll finish with this one because it leads us into the final part of our discussion which was inspired by the idea of intuition and gut feelings which is is really what what that is isn't it that you know connecting with that voice that small voice of calm within that's saying yeah you know this is this is worth doing this is important to you um and so the question that we finished on was can you trust your gut you know and sometimes we can't um sometimes it says things that are not helpful so We've touched on ways your gut speaks through connection and protection during this episode, I suppose. And sometimes that sense of intuition is is speaking into a desire for something to change. And it might be communicating a need to feel safe in response to a perceived threat. For example, you know, I know that when I have something um, scary coming up, something that's taking a lot of, uh, I guess, nervous energy, a thing I want to do... Um, but something that my nervous system perceives through a pattern of protection, 
I might end up if if I don't intervene, I will end up starting a new project or getting sucked into a an unrelated rabbit hole, some other thing that is like, oh yeah, that's that's gonna I'm gonna channel all my energy and attention and focus into that. Um, and so it looks like sabotage. Uh, for a long time, I put it down to a fear of success, which I can't. It might be in some sense because it's a fear of the thing. Um, so whether it's an event or a gig or uh, a launch or something. Um, maybe it is afraid that uh, a fear that this will go too well and that things will change beyond it. But also maybe it's just, you know, the nervous system afraid of the thing. And so in order to turn the event, the gig, the launch, whatever. So in order to turn the volume down on its sense of importance for me, I can start something new and have something to fall back into if the main event doesn't go well. So it's like, yeah, you know, well, will create this uh, contingency distraction so that, you know, it takes the, the heat off the thing. Um, and it might say, well, you know, it wasn't great anyway. It wasn't, you, you hadn't finished it. It wasn't complete because it doesn't have this new magical element that you've just discovered now that you would add if you did it again, if you prepared this again and launched it again, it would have this other part to it. Uh, or yeah it's not important to me anymore because it's missing this other thing or I am now interested in this other thing um, and I think you know I've definitely created contingency distractions as a way to defend against the threat of the looming thing um, in the past but then this has ironically meant that I've not shown up to the main event with the energy the presence uh, in my creative connected spirit uh, and again it's recognizing the difference between that sort of pattern and um, what will be a pattern of of creative curiosity and multiple interests that you know we talk about around multi-potentialism it's a very real thing like this this need to be plugged into a, a, a various interests various passions like they aren't the coming from the same place um, and so they might look the same but they're not coming from the same place um, so yeah intuition is great but it's not innately true or right which is why we need to pause and listen, we need to do a little bit of investigation. When the urge is shouting to to act or to change or to commit to a new path and to do it immediately, it's probably good to notice. Do we feel like there is no time to pause? Do we feel like it's saying, yeah, don't stop to, to pause. Uh, there's no time for that. If so, that's probably an indicator that there might this might not be coming from a place of of regulation and connection might not be coming from that creative core, that creative spirit. If you don't have time to waste on a pause, there needs to be a very good reason for it. So don't jump until you know which state the voice of change is speaking through. Anchor in connection and safety before taking any action. Am I currently in a defensive or a connected state? Does it feel urgent and limiting or creative and expansive? Notice your end to the sentences the world is and I am. Deb Dana talks about this in Anchored where in a defensive state we might see words that indicate a sense of threat and scarcity. For example, 
The world is hostile and I am lost, or the world is overwhelming and I am confused. We can find a thought or a truth that helps us move into connection and safety in relation to our capacity to navigate change within this spirit of possibility, of curiosity and creativity. And when we're here, we might finish the sentences again. The world is, and I am, in a connected state, you might say, the world is beautiful, and I am open to what it wants to show me. And from a state of connection, invite yourself to reflect on these questions. How will I slow down and connect with what's alive in me today? Where might my curiosity want to take me next? What might I need to accept, acknowledge, or release? So there we go, our starting place with change. As I say, part two will look at the question of taking that energy, that possibility, that intention of change and begin turning it into a reality. How do we make that shift from change as a possibility into change as a practical um, reality? As I say, you can download the cue cards to get sort of an overview of these ideas that I've been unpacking in this episode and, and the next two episodes. Um, there'll be a link in the show notes or go to the the-haven.co forward slash autumn forward slash change. Um, and if you want to join us for a future theme cutter conversation like the one that inspired uh, this episode, then it would be really wonderful to have you and your mind in the Haven Hive um, to brainstorm with us. Come and join us at the, honestly such wonderful experiences uh, it's lovely to just hang out with gentle souls around the world and um, talk about stuff like this um, and you know there are people that come along and just sit and quietly listen like you, there's no pressure to get involved in the conversation itself uh, these are great because you can add to the to the chat as well to use the written chat chat function and share your thoughts there so there's really no pressure um, it's just a, a nice time of connection, really cool to be part of. So, yeah, learn more. Try The Haven for a week's free trial um, as well at the-haven.co. All right, I will be back again next time with another episode of the Gentle Rebel podcast. Till then, do remember that you are an artist. The world needs your art. Now go and make somebody's day. Bye-bye.